Things are going crazy in the United States. Impeachment, uh, Democratic debates, and now reports coming out. So we're going to go absolutely crazy in the United States. But it's not just the United States that's going crazy. Israel, China, and Iran are having a lot of problems. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, I know it's been a while. It's been a, almost a week, but I had to take some time off. I, a lot was going on. Had I missed some great stories this week, but let's catch up. We're gonna. I'm going to try and do this really quick, really straightforward. Uh, give you my opinions and not kind of sit on one story for 45 minutes because the reality is there's just so much coming up. So the impeachment inquiry is finally complete. Thank God. And what garbage. The reality is Schiff is going to move to impeach Trump. There's no question he's already drafting the articles of impeachment. For a few minutes, I actually thought that maybe the Democrats, after listening to their 12 to 15 witnesses, would sit there and realize we really don't have anything and realize exactly what they're going to be up against when this goes to the Senate, but not going to happen. The lead witness for the Democrats was Gordon Sunland, and what made him really important is he actually spoke to Trump. He speaks to Trump or spoke to Trump. I, we're not sure he's going to have a job soon, but he was dealing with Trump. And he admitted that all his testimony was nothing but perception. That's right. Everything was opinion. Everything that he testified to was just an opinion. He had absolutely no fact. Let's see. Listen to this. Is Donald Trump your friend? No, we're not friends. Okay. I, we have do, a... do you like the president? Yes. Okay. Well, you know, after you testified, Chairman Schiff ran out and gave a press conference and said he gets to impeach the president of the United States because of your testimony. And if you pull up CNN today, right now, their banner says Sondland ties Trump to withholding aid. Is that your testimony today, Ambassador Sondland, that you have evidence that Donald Trump tied the investigation to the aid? Because I don't think you're saying that. I've said repeatedly... Congressman, I was presuming. I also said that President Trump. So no one told you. Not just the president. Giuliani didn't tell you. Mulvaney didn't tell you. Nobody. Pompeo didn't tell you. Nobody else on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying aid to these investigations. Is that correct? I think I already testified. No. Answer the question. Is it correct? No one on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying this aid to the investigations? Because if your answer is yes, then the chairman's wrong and the headline on CNN is wrong. No one on this planet told you that President Trump was tying aid to investigations. Yes or no? Yes. So, you really have no testimony today that ties President Trump to a scheme to withhold aid from Ukraine in exchange for these investigations? Other than my own presumption which is nothing. The Republicans had sound bites like that throughout the hearings. There was nothing. And he wasn't, and this is supposed to be their star witness. This is supposed to be the guy that knows, that could tie everything together. And everything was presumption. Now, I'll give you something. Sondland, not the sharpest tool in the drawer. I'm shocked he got his job. And he is a Trump guy. But... This is, again, 
here's, in fact, no witness had any direct knowledge of anything. I could have taken 50 sound bites just like that. And through almost every represent, Republican representative said the same thing. Asked the same questions, got the same answers. There's absolutely no evidence of a, and I don't like the term quid pro quo. I, I really don't. I think it's a stupid term. Because quid pro quo, you give me this, I'll give you this. That's not bribery. That is a quid pro quo. I don't know when quid pro quo became a crime. But the but the reality is negotiation is a quid pro quo. We negotiate with countries. We negotiate all the time. Every time a union negotiates with a ownership, it's a quid pro quo. We did learn some things, okay? Let's go over a list. One, the witnesses did not like Trump's foreign policy with Ukraine. This is not impeachable. The president makes the foreign policy. Ambassadors and other bureaucrats do not make the foreign policy. So, who cares? Number two, some of the witnesses do not like the way Trump handled um, Ambassador Yovanovitch. He basically, they, they started talking garbage about her, especially uh, the uh, new Ukrainian president. No one liked her. Giuliani didn't like her. He was talking garbage about her with the presidency. President fired her. Okay, she was an ambassador for 33 years. Who cares? Too bad. You got fired. People were talking crap about you. Get over it. Number three. The evidence is second-hand and at times could go all the way down to sixth-hand. So Joe heard from Phil, heard from Brenda, heard for Karen, heard for Billy, heard for Johnny. That's the kind of... So no one heard directly from Trump. That's the whole thing. That's the tricky, that's the tricky part. Even when Giuliani said something, it was not directly said. And by the way, yeah, we'll get to Giuliani in a second. It was never directly from Trump. Four, no one really knew if knew if or why Trump held the aid to Ukraine. Was it to investigate Biden? Was it Ukrainian corruption? Trump didn't trust Zelensky is a possibility. Trump doesn't, or is it just Trump doesn't like giving aid, which he doesn't. We all know that. Or could it have been an administrative problem? No one really knows why the aid was actually held yet. So we're making an assumption that there's a quid pro quo. Even the crime is assumed. Again, number five, Trump doesn't like giving foreign aid out in the first place. He doesn't think other countries pay enough, and he doesn't like giving out foreign aid. Every witness said that. Six. Sondland was told directly by Trump, I want nothing. I want them to do the right thing. Right off the bat, you've got the witness, the, one of the star witnesses for the Democrats sitting there and saying Trump doesn't want any of that, doesn't want a quid pro quo. Seven, all these witnesses are career bureaucrats that were never elected and thought they were they thought they knew more about foreign policy than Trump. They did not like Yovanovitch, um, Ambassador Yovanovitch. She hated the foreign policy that Trump was creating. 
which is ironic because his foreign policy was far better than anybody else's foreign policy. We'll get into that in a few minutes. And that's not impeachable. That's your opinion. And your opinion means that these people's opinion means nothing. These are career these are career politicians. They're not elected. They're nothing. Eight. None had ever said anything about bribery, which Schiff named in his new narrative in their prior closed-door testimonies. One of the representatives for the Republicans actually held the 1,200 pages of testimonies that were taken. And in, the, in all 1,200 pages, the only time bribery was mentioned, this was never countered by the Democrats, the only time bribery was mentioned when it came to Biden and Ukraine. It was never mentioned with Trump. Now, here's the irony with the, uh, with the bribery thing. The Democrats actually put out a poll and said, what makes more sense? Quid pro, pro, quid pro quo, bribery, what? And all anyone said was they said bribery, and now that became their new narrative. Nine, none could name a crime Trump committed. Apparently, they're all smarter than Trump on implementing crappy policies, but they aren't smart enough to know simple law. They never knew what Trump did. And some, uh, three or four, I, actually, I think all of them were asked, well, what crime did President Trump commit? And they said, well, I'm not a lawyer. It's amazing. You're in an impeachment inquiry, an impeachment inquiry that's going to lead to a trial, which surely these people are going to be called to witnesses for, but they have no idea why Trump is going to be called why Trump is even there, why that's even an issue. I mean, Schiff is telling them the charge is bribery, yet none of them will admit that, yeah, he's here for bribery. They can't, no one knows what President Trump is being impeached for. Finally, the last one and the big one, Trump has done more for Ukraine than anybody before him. Trump has done more for um, Trump has done more than Obama did. Obama gave Ukraine during their war with Russia. He gave them blankets and MREs, which are meals ready to eat. Trump's giving them javelin anti-tank missiles. He's doing far more for Ukraine than any other president. So it's ironic that these guys absolutely hate pres the president's policies, yet no one has a problem with Obama's policies. The whole thing is crap. Not one Republican mind was changed, and a lot of independent minds are actually coming to the Republican side because there's a, it is very likely that when the vote comes to impeach him in the House, that Trump's not going to get impeached. It is very likely which will basically end the Democrats. Schiff currently is working on the summary document for the articles of impeachment, and Democrats are still writing, Democrats and the media, I repeat myself, are still riding that wave. But are, is anyone going to actually bite, including a lot of Democrats? The left, the resistance of the Democrat Party will. But what about the more moderate Democrats? Are they going to stick? We don't know that. And so there's going to be, there's, it's going to be, it's going to be a kick. It, we're going to see what's going to end up happening. But here are a few more questions. What is the difference between a quid pro quo and a negotiation? 
Democrats don't really seem to know. That's why they're throwing out this bribery thing. Presidents negotiate all the time. Was Trump investigating the 2016 corruption? Whether he didn't trust Zelensky, whether Trump didn't want to give the aid, or he wanted to actually investigate a a political rival. Intent here matters. There was no intent proven. And bribery, there has to be intent. Because if you do not prove intent, then any negotiation can be seen as bribery. If there was bribery, what did we get out of it? Um, The investigations were never started. Um, The uh, announcement of investigations was never made, which is what Trump wanted. What exactly did we get for $400 million? I know, I know, they're a, they're a great, uh, they're a great ally of ours. I don't know why, but that's not, that's not, that's not a, a reason. Um, why are these career bureaucrats more trustworthy than a duly elected president? I hadn't even heard of any of these people. Who are they? I'm going to trust a man who's in front of the cameras, who's talking to us, directly, then I'm going to trust some guy, some slithering bureaucrat who's been in the system for 30 years. Where's the proof? The fact is there is none. There is no proof. This thing is over. It's dead on arrival. None of these questions were answered. This is the deep state, and I hate the term, Versus the outsider, which is Trump. The deep state doesn't see what they're doing. It doesn't see that they're uncovering themselves. They are seen as the group that wants to uphold the status quo no matter the results of an election. As long as the people of the deep state are not in question and keep power. Ambassador Yovanovitch is a prime example of this. Everyone's thanking her for 33 years of service. Okay, great. Last I checked, she's getting paid. Last I checked, she gets to travel the world. I, I don't... I'm not going to thank her. She's getting paid. I'm paying, My taxes are paying her. She doesn't need to be thanked. She did not stop the corruption in Ukraine. And the Republicans showed this during her testimony. Her testimony, as far as I'm concerned, was explosive. She did not look really good. President Trump's biggest mistake was that he did not raise the establishment when he got in. He should have done what Obama did and fired everyone. He's going to piss off everybody anyway. He might as well earn it and can everybody. Remember the attorney, the the, uh, uh, federal attorney who wouldn't do what Trump asked? She should have been and she was fired right after. She should have been fired before he even took office, but that didn't happen. President Trump's biggest mistake, yeah, President Trump's biggest mistake is that he just shouldn't have fired anyone. Obama did, and Obama had a lot easier time. The Democrats, right after the impeachment inquiry ended, decided to have a debate. I mean, literally 45 minutes after the inquiry completely ended. Uh, 
there are certain themes that we take here. This was not the most exciting debate. So here are the themes that seem to be purveying through the Democratic debate on MSNBC. Uh, the first one is this was going to be a kumbaya. If you're reading this on my website, Dumbass is Talking Politics, I, did, I didn't spell it right and I didn't care to look it up. Democrats needed to show unity. They really did not attack each other, which made it really boring. I literally watched maybe 30 to 45 minutes of the two-hour debate. It was that boring. Um, they, thought, they thought that tearing each other apart was counterproductive. As a matter of fact, the only one who tore anybody apart was Tulsi Gabbard. She's awesome, and she has absolutely no chance she should drop out now. Save some money. It just, but the fact that these guys didn't go after each other made this debate very boring. And number two, some of the candidates are beginning to realize that they need to be more moderate. Specifically, Biden, who really is taking a more moderate position, even though he is technically a moderate. Uh, Buttigieg, 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 whatever his name is, the gay guy, the gay white guy, short gay white guy. He is trying to become more moderate, trying to show that he is more moderate. He's not. He is a leftist. He is extreme. And finally, Booker. Booker was trying to make himself more moderate. Kamala Harris did, but no one believes Kamala Harris anyway. Because they are beginning to realize this is the only way they're going to win, have a chance to win the election. Um, Biden continues to lead all the polls. That's the, I mean, Biden's about to die. There's no question. He is just terrible. I mean, he's in bad shape. But he is the most moderate. He's the most likable. He's the People are the most comfortable with him in the Democratic deal. So let's take a look. We're going to look. I'm going to go over each candidate. I'm going to go over this fast because there's so much more to go on tonight, today. And I, I don't want to go too much over the Dave rule, so I have to. So we're going to go in order of who actually won this this debate. First, Biden. He will get the nomination. He's moderate, he's comfortable, but he's really old. He's gaffing left and right, and he did it at this debate, but he gaffed. I wouldn't say he gaffed less, but it wasn't as bad as normal. It was Now it was normal. Uh, but the Democrat base will vote for him. Okay, he's not a leftist. He's not going to win comfortably, but he's going to win simply because the left, the other candidates are that bad. Buttigieg, or, or uh, Biden, also won the debate simply because he kept out of the weeds. People didn't attack him. That was important. Buttigieg, Buttigieg is intelligent, well spoken, but extremely naive. He's pretending to be a victim because he's gay and married, which. If he's married, that means being gay is part of the establishment. So how he's a victim, I don't quite know. But that's what he's doing. And it's really disingenuous. I mean, this guy served in the military. This guy went to an Ivy League college. This guy got 11,000 votes in a small town, in a small city in uh, Indiana. This is not a really great guy. So... He also avoided attack, which was amazing because the fact that he considered himself a victim would have been enough to it to be attacked, and they didn't. The kumbaya moment kept him in place. Warren, she's done. 
This is a woman who was leading two weeks, two, three weeks ago, and now she is completely done. She's a liar, and it shows in her policies. Her policy for uh, taxing billionaires would tax billionaires on non-existent or unrealized profits 158%. So when she sits there and says two cents, no, there are several economists that have already said, no, her policies are impossible when it comes to this wealth tax. And this wealth tax may not even be constitutional. Her um, uh, Medicare for All plan was numbered at $20 trillion, which, by the way, is still high. When, in fact, it's closer to $54 trillion. She's fudging numbers. She's looking like a liar. And you can tell. And she's running on something. She's running on hate, which is bad. She's running on hate the billionaires. The billionaires who created something. She even has a billionaire's tears mug on her uh, on her website. She's a terrible human being. And usually when you run on hate, run on, I'm going to take everything, that doesn't work out. Uh, Bernie, he's a communist, so no, he doesn't have a chance. And he's crazy, so forget it. Booker, much better performance because he tried to make himself look moderate. He does look presidential. I'll give you that. This is a man that does look presidential. And if he could just be a man and be his own man and say, this is what I want he'd probably be doing much better, but he doesn't. He tries way too hard. Harris, uh, Kamala Harris, her laugh creeps me out, and I think it creeps out most people. Her positions jump all over the place. You don't know where she stands on anything, so no, she's done. Klobuchar, she's a great candidate, believe it or not. She did really well in the debate. She is a moderate. She's not a leftist, which is great, but she's mean. There are lots of stories about how she treats her staff. And she's kind of a turnoff. She's got that voice saying, she's got that that whiny, old, curmudgeon, curmudgeon voice. It's just, so she's just not, and she combs her hair with, with a fork, salad fork. She's just, no, she's not going to get there, even though I think if she won, that'd be great. Yang, I like Yang. His ideas are truly progressive. And I mean progressive, not left-wing. His ideas are something we're going to need to think about in the future as technology advances and starts replacing uh, jobs that humans used to do. Okay? So, I mean, I, I like him. But I think he's a better candidate for 2028 or 2032. I don't think he's a candidate for 2020. Gabbard, a true moderate which is why she gets like two questions per debate. Uh, she would beat Trump, but she's done. She's way too moderate. She's an isolationist. Anyone else that I did not mention in this list, and I like Steyer and I, whoever else, they're done. They shouldn't even be in the, the talking point anymore. They're finished. All this, the Democrats are trying to make themselves look good, trying to make themselves, they're trying to impeach Trump, they're trying to make themselves appear like the strong body that they are, and they're failing miserably, and it's been announced, the Hor Horowitz FISA, FISA court report is being released, and in it has the name of an FBI lawyer who manipulated the FISA application, and... That individual 
is already under criminal probe. Oh, the report's due out December 11th. Apparently, it's going to be a long one. And it's going to make Democrats, the deep state, and the resistance look really bad. The Democrats have a choice. Either they impeach now or they don't impeach at all. Because if they do not impeach now, they're going to have a huge problem trying to impeach after this report comes out. The good news for them, this report's probably about 400 pages long, four to 500 pages long. So it's going to take everyone a bit of a while to actually read this stuff. So you can see things in the United States are going absolutely crazy. Well, stupid crazy, not crazy crazy, just stupid. None of this stuff really makes any difference. But here's the deal. What's happening in the United States, we're all ignoring what's happening in the rest of the world. And there's some huge crap happening in the rest of the world. Israel has just indicted Prime Minister Netanyahu. This is monstrous. Netanyahu is the longest serving prime minister in uh, Israel. I don't know how long he served. I think it's close to 20 years. Now, Israel's politics are very complicated. They have like four or five parties. They run a parliamentary system. So they have like four or five parties. And the government the, is not actually determined by the individual. It's by the party that's elected. And what the parties have to do, typically they form, um, they form correlations. They form uh, correlations. They actually form squads with each other. And when you have enough parliamentary members to where 61 agree, then you actually, that group begins, gets to form the government. Now you have two right-wing uh, parties one centrist party, one left-wing party, and the centrist party is kind of left-wing, so they're not exactly, they're kind of uh, middle-left, and one Arabic party, which is also left-wing party. Those five parties could not get, could not join together. Nobody could join together. The right-wing parties are actually fighting with each other. They don't, they usually used to join together and that would create a, um, uh, a coalition. That coalition allowed the right-wing parties and those parties would be under Netanyahu to form a government. Well, those parties broke off. The party that uh, Netanyahu belongs to is a, it's very complicated. If it sounds complicated, it is. Uh, the party that Netanyahu belongs to is actually a religious party. So they are a, a strictly Jewish religious party. The other right-wing party is irreligious. They are secular. They do not really believe in that. At one point, Netanyahu would join with the right, and then he would join with the left and be able to create a party, create a government. Now, to show you how complicated this whole thing is, Israel has had three elections in the last year for prime minister, for creating a government. Netanyahu became the prime minister at default, by default because he was prime minister. There is no set government in Israel right now. Netanyahu tried to join with the other right-wing party to create a coalition, but it failed because of the religion thing. He tried to create a, a coalition with the centrist party. That failed. So there's been no election. 
Now with Netanyahu being indicted, and he's being indicted on bribery, fraud, um, um, blackmail, all sorts of fun things. Uh, with him being indicted, everything is left in the air. It is absolute chaos in Israel. So this is going to be very interesting to see what happens with our main ally and what kind of government's going to be established. There's going to be a fourth election this year on De in December to figure out what's going on. Uh, Netanyahu is taking this case to the Supreme Court because he needs to make sure that he can be prime minister while he's under indictment. There's just, it's crazy over there. Absolutely nuts. The heat is absolutely rising in Iran. We are looking at another, and, and basically this has never stopped, but it's never been reported because it goes against the left's narrative, the news media's narrative. Uh, apparently the citizens of Iran, who I've always said are very progressive, are very democratic, uh, are protesting the price rises in the rising of prices in Iran. Gas has gone up 50 cents a gallon. Okay, and I, I'm sorry. 50 cents a liter. They don't do the gallon, the metric system or the uh, uh, American system in Iran. So that's a, that's a tremendous amount. Iran is struggling with the sanctions from the United States. Prote uh, um, the uh, Iran's government, which is a fundamentalist, reli fundamentalist religious government, is actually really getting pushback. You've got women who are taking off their burqas, which is a violation of Iranian law. It's a disaster in Iran right now. Absolute disaster in Iran. Iran, Iran uh, kept saying, nope, there are no protests. We're good here. But social media kept screwing things up because people were taking, were actually filming citizens being killed by the government, by the security forces, showing that they are still under major protests over there. So what did Iran do? They cut off the internet. Oh my God, nobody has Instagram over there, which I think is the big uh, social media out, uh, social media post in Iran. Um, Twitter and uh, I know Twitter, there's a lot of uh, Iranians on Twitter. Twitter, but Instagram, I think is where most are. You want to take away Twitter from these people, it's going to be bad. It has been reported by um, Amnesty International, that up to 200 Iranians have been killed by security forces, government security forces. This includes uh, security forces shooting into crowds. This includes security forces placing snipers on buildings and shooting people. And this, is, this information comes from across 21 different cities in Iran. They are a mess in Iran absolute mess in Iran. But we're not paying attention to it. The news media is not paying attention to it. And the reason the news media is not paying attention to it is it goes against the narrative. Don't forget, the left, the Democrats, want to reinstate Obama's Iranian nuclear deal. Europe is still in the nuclear deal. Of course, everyone forgot they are actually spinning centrifuges with nuclear material which they weren't even supposed to have, by the way, according to the deal a year ago. We're not even 100% out of the nuclear deal yet. We just started pulling out. And Iran is already violating it. Oh, Obama really made a mess over there.
The last story, Hong Kong. Hong Kong is another mess. And again, no one reports it because you can't report a socialist or communist country. It's actually a dictatorship, a socialist dictatorship, but we've talked about that in prior podcasts. It's going absolutely insane. China still has not entered uh, Hong Kong, but it is definitely advising security forces. The Hong Kong government is does support China for obvious reasons. All right. Well, people are going crazy. The security forces are actually shooting people now. It's onesies and twosies. And sometimes I don't blame the individual for shooting these people because they're getting attacked by these protesters. But now people are being shot. These protesters have no way to defend themselves. No way to fight back. This is another problem. Same with Iran. Gun control. This is another problem with gun control. When your government becomes tyrannical, you should be able to defend yourself. That is one of the guarantees in this country, which is why everybody in Hong Kong is wearing American, waving American flags. Another reason why the, gover- the news media doesn't show the people, the Hong Kongers, waving American flags. Because America is the best country in the world, and you can't show that on the left-wing news media. But it's not just the government. It's not the protests are going just insane. There was a video of a protester lighting an anti-protester on fire. It is going absolutely insane. And it seems like it's only going to be a matter of time before China actually goes full force into Hong Kong which violates their deal, and it doesn't mean anything, but it violates their deal with Hong Kong and Great Britain. Basically, they said they would not take over Hong Kong until 2047. But it appears that this is going to be, it's, it's going to come to a head, and China will eventually walk into Hong Kong. This is scary stuff. And nobody's reporting any of this stuff. You do hear about the Netanyahu story. Because the media doesn't like Netanyahu. Obama didn't like Netanyahu. But you're not going to hear anything about Iran. And you're definitely not going to hear anything about China. Because our our guys just, our media loves China. And they love uh, Iran. And you could see that when... You've got the Democratic candidates on the debate basically saying, hey, I'm going to end sanctions with China. Hey, I got news for you. The sanctions with China are working. You, even, even China is beginning. Everyone talks about the, the soybean thing. Newsflash. China is buying our soybeans now. They loosened the restrictions on soybeans in China because they wanted our soybeans so bad. So now the farmers are beginning to feel it. They're beginning to give their money back. They're still receiving subsidies from the U.S. government. Well, because they're not, China's not buying all our soybeans. But that's an example of these um, uh, sanctions, these tariffs. They are working. And China does need to be put in its place economically. They keep stealing our stuff. So... But it's just insane. I'm going to try and keep up my podcast a little bit. I've been really off this week. I just, I've been sick 
I just wasn't really in the mood for it. I've also been dealing with problems with Apple Podcasts and uh, Podcast uh, Addict. Something's going on with my feed. Even though they say there's nothing going on with my feed, I'm going to have to try and fix that. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Run and Fool. You can uh, take a look at the show notes at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. You can download or listen to this podcast primarily now on Podbean and YouTube, though I'm also on Apple Podcasts and Podcast Addict. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. 